We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, the topic is the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's rebellion. The topic of the day, as I said, is the First Amendment of the United States Constitution. The First Amendment. I'm going to read the entire text to you one more time. I want you to listen to it. It's very clear this is not confusing. What you are being told by the mainstream media, by the cultural narrative, by the progressive left, and yes, even by many of the courts in our land, all the way up to several of the justices on the Supreme Court of the United States, is a lie. They are not interpreting the Constitution honestly or accurately. Now, you may say, well, Piper, you're not a lawyer. How dare you suggest that you know more than these judges that have been appointed by politicians throughout the decades to our various different courts. Well, I may not be a lawyer, but I can read. I may not have a legal degree, but I've gone to school too. I have a mind. I know what logic is and isn't. I can read the English language, and you can do all of the same. Stop allowing these people to browbeat you into submission by allowing them to suggest that somehow they're smarter than you and that they can take sentences like the one I'm going to read to you right now, and twist it and manipulate it and turn it upside down, and then they can pretend they're the ones that are the smart folks in the room, and you're somehow stupid and just need to bow to their wisdom. Stop it. Stop allowing them to do this. I'm going to share a couple stories with you with regard to religious freedom. In the United States as well as elsewhere around the world, because what happens in Vegas ain't going to stay in Vegas, folks. If it's happening in Canada, it will be happening here very soon. Yes, in Ohio and Pennsylvania. Yes, in Tennessee and Florida and Kentucky. And yes, right here in Oklahoma. In fact, I'm going to remind you that we had a state representative here in Oklahoma that tried to pass a bill that would make preaching Christian conversion illegal in Oklahoma. And it was blocked by Sean Roberts, Representative Sean Roberts. Had he not blocked it, it may be law in the state of Oklahoma right now. This is happening. They're trying to make the free exercise of religion, the practice of Christianity, the doctrine of Christianity illegal. And I'm not exaggerating. One more time, this is what the First Amendment says. 
Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. That's the entire text of the First Amendment. Or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the right of the people to peaceably assemble. Does that sound like you have the right to go to church and Congress can make no law, nobody can stop you from doing so? Why have you bowed and allowed them to tell you that church is non-essential and you can't go? Or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or the freedom of speech. Why have we allowed a bunch of bureaucrats, a bunch of politicians, Congress, or anybody else to tell us that we can't exercise our religion freely? The First Amendment says they can't do that. They can't prohibit you from exercising your religion anywhere, anytime. It doesn't say that you have the right to exercise it privately in the four walls of your church or the four walls of your home, and you can't ever allow it to escape those four walls and enter into the public square. It does not say that. It says that there is no law that can prohibit you from exercising your freedom of speech, your right to assemble, and the right to exercise your religion. And it's garbage for anyone to tell you that there's a wall separating your religion from the state, from the public square. How dare you write an article in the Washington Times that's calling for Christianity, conversion to Christianity, the ways of Christ, the gospel, the evangel, the good news of Jesus Christ. How dare you bring that conversation into the public square? We've got a wall separating the church from the state. What a bunch of garbage told you before, and you know this, that wall was referenced in a letter, not in the Constitution, in a letter written by Thomas Jefferson to the Danbury Baptists in Danbury, Connecticut. Why? Because they were nervous about the government intruding into their religious freedom, and Thomas Jefferson told them, don't worry about it. Our Constitution effectively builds a wall between the church and the state, and it keeps the government out of your business. Thomas Jefferson never intended for that to mean that it would keep the church out of the culture. If there is a wall, the wall has a door in it, and the door is locked from the inside. The church can open that door from the inside, exit through the wall into culture, engage, do its good work, be salt, be light, shout the good news, the evangel, the gospel, tell people how to be free, that the truth shall set them free. Preach conversion, yes, to Christ. And if people accept it, great. If they don't, that's their business. It's a free country. But the church has the freedom to exercise its speech, its right to assemble, and its exercise of its faith in the public square. Then it can go back through the door behind the wall, shut that door and lock it, and keep the government out of its business. That's the point. Any interpretation differently is ridiculous. 
I'm Dr. Everett Piper. This is The Rebellion. Let's take a break and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. So very quickly, I want to cover a couple stories that are playing themselves out across the, uh, across the world right now, not just in the United States. Uh, have you followed the story in Finland? There's a parliament member. Uh, she's a parliament member. <laughs> One more time, she's been elected by the citizens of her area, her district, her region of Finland to represent them in the Finnish parliament. I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of her name because it's Finnish. I'll do my best right now. Paivi Rasanen. Paivi Rasanen. Elected to the parliament several years ago in Finland. She's a Christian. She's facing the possibility of six years in prison right now. Why? Because she is biblical. <laughs> she has actually posted, oh, how hateful, how terrible of her to do this. She has posted on social media a Bible verse, a Bible verse that specifically addresses the issue of biblical morality, sexual morality, the importance of a nuclear family and biblical marriage. She has dared to post that, dared to post that in social media. And as the result, she has been interrogated for her religious beliefs and she's going before the court, the court in Finland with the possibility of being in prison for six years for hate speech. We need to applaud this woman. She is a stalwart. She's not backing down. She recognizes that the government of Finland doesn't have any say over the veracity of the Bible. She's quoting the letters of the Apostle Paul, where he's very clear to the Church of Corinth, to the Church of Galatia, to the Church of Ephesus, to the Church of Rome, as to what Christianity is and what a Christian life should look like and what Christian behavior must be. And all of that is different than the world around those churches. And Paul is saying that you have been transformed in Christ. You're not transgendered. You're born again. You're not born that way. You're a new creation in Christ. The old has died. Behold, the new has come. Isn't that the core of the gospel, that you don't have to be too easily satisfied with the way you were and that the grace of God can actually change you? That you're not an animal? That you don't have to be defined by your gut, by your belly, by your libido, by your passions, by your appetites. That you can actually be governed by something bigger and better than that. And Lord help us if we accept this nonsense. This nonsense that you are defined by your desires. Lord help us. Well, this woman has said that and she is being prosecuted. She's being prosecuted in the courts of Finland, accordingly. She should, she could, not should, excuse me, she could go to jail for six years if they find her guilty of the crime of hate speech. By the way, she said nothing hateful. Oh. Another story. You followed it. It's the Canadian Bill C-4. It's a bill that now has passed. It's the law in Canada which makes it illegal in Canada to preach conversion. For pastors, 
to tell their parishioners that you can convert, you can change. You don't have to be that way, believe that way, or behave that way. You can change. And here's how you do it. I'll share some scripture with you. I'll share some testimony with you. Let's talk about people that used to used to be held in bondage to what the church has historically called, uh-oh, here comes the word, sin. And you can confess those sins. You can believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, not you, not your libido. He is, and you can be redeemed. The beauty of the gospel. Uh, What John Newton said in the great hymn, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was blind, but now I see. The core of that message is John Newton was a bad dude. He was... He was sinful. He was a slave trader. He was doing evil things. He was profiting from it, and he needed to change. He needed to convert. Oh, there's that word, conversion. Well, as you know, 4,000 pastors rose up, uh, what was it, January 18th. Was that, was that the Sunday? Anyway, the Sunday more closely aligns with that date, rose up and said no, rose up not only in Canada, but across the United States and elsewhere, rose up and preached the beauty of the gospel, the evangel, the good news that you can be born again. You should convert. Again, this isn't a message. Conversion isn't just a message about sexual behavior. It's about all behavior, all beliefs. And it is about beliefs too. It is about the head and not just the heart and not just the hands. I mean, Christ himself told us that if you lust after someone in your head and in your heart, you're guilty of the sin. So this nonsense that the Christian colleges and the evangelical churches are embracing, that somehow you can be a gay Christian, a a lesbian Christian, a trans Christian, that's nonsense. That's like saying that you can be a murderous Christian, an adulterous Christian, a a greedy Christian, a covetous Christian. No, you're supposed to confess those things. You're not supposed to celebrate them and be defined by them. What part of this is confusing? Well, there's another story. There's another story. Oh, by the way, this is just kind of a sidebar. I covered this months and months ago. So if you think that that stuff's just happening in Finland and in Canada, and we don't have to worry about it here, wake up and read the news. I covered this story Like I said, several months ago, here in Oklahoma, a state representative that represents an area of Oklahoma City, Jason Dunnington, sponsored a bill, HB 2456. Go look it up, HB 2456. This bill would have made it illegal in Oklahoma for any counselors, licensed counselors, whether they be church counselors or otherwise, to counsel any clients toward conversion. Conversion from one sexual lifestyle and behavior toward another. Well, conversion therapy, isn't that electroshock therapy? Why would you why would you defend that, Piper? That's garbage, that's baloney, and anybody talking about this stuff knows it. 
any of those draconian practices were, were cast aside 50, 60 years ago. And guess what? You know who was practicing them even back in the old days? It wasn't Christian counselors, folks. It was the secular world that was, that was doing that, trying to convert homosexuals to heterosexuality through electroshock therapy and whatnot. It wasn't Christian therapy then, folks, because the Christians were preaching repentance. The Christians were preaching self-discipline. The Christians were preaching and counseling revival, restoration, that you can return to true north. Well, it wasn't easy. And you say, well, I, I, I've tried all that, and it didn't work. Well, a lot of people have tried it, and it did work. And if it didn't work for you, how dare you suggest that it should be illegal for the thousands upon thousands, if, if not millions upon millions of people who have found restoration, revival, and reformation in the evangel? How dare you suggest that their experience is invalid, Jason Dunnington or anybody else? That preaching conversion should be illegal in Oklahoma? And you know why it's not the law of the land here now? It's because Sean Roberts, another House of Representative member, who's running for Congress right now to replace Lucas, Sean Roberts stepped in the way and blocked it. It could be the law of the land here in Oklahoma had we not had a couple good men that had the sense to say, this is nonsense. It's not American. It's not constitutional. It violates the First Amendment. Well, here in the United States, there was a case that kind of slipped under the radar while a lot of the other Supreme Court cases were being heard. It's the case that centered on a Virginia Presbyterian church being denied tax exemption. All right. Now, Justice Gorsuch wrote a dissenting view on this. Why a dissenting view? Because the Supreme Court refused to take up this case. They refused to take it up. So the lower ruling stands because the Supreme Court didn't feel it was worthy to hear the case. It's the case of the trustees of New Life in Christ Church versus the city of Fredericksburg, Virginia. And it's centered on the city's decision, the city's decision, the government's decision, the city of Fredericksburg, Virginia's decision to deny the Presbyterian Church in Fredericksburg a tax exemption for housing for its church's campus ministers. This is something that ministers get. Now, why did the city deny the Presbyterian Church's tax-exempt status? The city argued that the church misunderstood its own religious doctrine. Did you hear what I just said? The city decided that the church misunderstood its own religious doctrine. I will say that one more time to you. I'm reading directly from the story in the report right here. The city argued that the church misunderstood, didn't understand its own religious doctrine. And therefore, the city decided what the religious doctrine of the church was and was not, and thereby denied the church 
its tax-exempt status. And our Supreme Court wouldn't take up the case. That should scare the heck out of you. That the Supreme Court somehow thinks that the city of Fredericksburg has the right to review the doctrine of the Presbyterian Church in that town? And that the city is the arbiter of the final definition of the church's doctrine? Well, Gorsuch vehemently disagreed with the court's decision. The decision to just not hear the case. He argued that the Constitution protects religious institutions from being manipulated by the government. He argued for the First Amendment. He argued that our Constitution protects your religious freedom and that you, as a church, as an individual, have the right to decide what your doctrine is and is not and that no government official should jump in and say, no, I'm going to define it differently. Gorsuch. In this country, we would not subscribe to the arrogant pretensions that secular officials may serve as competent judges of religious truth. <laughs> Amen to that. But why is Gorsuch in the minority? Justice Roberts, Kavanaugh, where, where are they? Gorsuch went on. He said, but I would correct. I would correct this idea. I would correct Fredericksburg, is what he's saying. Bureaucratic efforts to subject religious beliefs to verification have no place in a free country. Again, amen. But he's in the minority. This is a minority response to the Supreme Court of the United States not wanting to hear this case. One more time from Roberts. Bureaucratic efforts to subject religious beliefs to verification have no place in a free country. Amen. That's what the First Amendment protects us from. These bureaucratic efforts to subject your religious beliefs to verification. By who? By who? The City Council of Fredericksburg? Jason Dunnington in Oklahoma City? Who has the right to verify your religious beliefs, to review the doctrine of the Presbyterian Church in this case and decide that the Presbyterian Church doesn't understand its own doctrine and the City Council of Fredericksburg, Virginia does? Now keep in mind, keep in mind that all these stories I'm sharing with you are the backdrop for a post that I've already discussed with you that I put out on Facebook with regard to my article in the Washington Times against critical race theory, where I argued that critical race theory is the antithesis of the gospel. And I posted that column, a link to that column, with a quote from the article. And the quote, the quote was and is this. I'm going to read it to you again. Listen to this quote in the context of the story out of Finland, this, sto this, this story out of Canada, this story out of Fredericksburg, Virginia, and the story of Oklahoma City and Jason Dunnington trying to make it illegal in the state of Oklahoma for a Christian counselor to preach, to teach, to counsel conversion. Conversion. 
Christian conversion, converting to Christ. Convert. Contrary. You were going in this direction. Vert. Convert. And you're going to turn around. You're going to go in a different direction. You can't do that anymore if Jason Dunnington gets his way. Thank the Lord for Sean, Ro Sean Roberts and the fact that he stood in the way and blocked this stupidity, this arrogance. Here's the post that I put out there that was fact-checked by fake, by fakes, <laughs> Freudian slip, I almost said fake book. It was fact-checked by Facebook. Here's the quote. Forgiveness is what sets Christianity apart from other religions. The gospel of God's unmerited grace is the antithesis of all opposing worldviews. It is the direct opposite of the relentless karma of Buddhism, for example, or the vengeful retribution of Islam. The message of Christ and his church stands in juxtaposition to the spite, resentment, and demands for justice fomented by CRT. Close quote. And I was fact-checked. What part of that is wrong? And oh, by the way, what gives them, Facebook or Fredericksburg or Oklahoma City or the Canadian government or the Supreme Court of the United States or the Parliament of Finland, what gives them the right to tell me what the definition of the gospel of Jesus Christ is and what the tenets of Christianity are? Who appointed them judge and jury of the definition of Christianity? Who? Who decided that they would be the verifiers, to use Gorsuch's language, of religious beliefs? Who? This is stunning. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Our Constitution says that the government, Congress, has no business in establishing the tenets of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. It's none of your darn business. To verify the gospel and to make the preaching of conversion in Christ illegal. We have freedom of speech. We have freedom of press. We have the right to peaceably assemble. And you, Jason Dunnington, Supreme Court, or any other bureaucrat or elected official, have no right no legal authority whatsoever to prohibit me from saying what I just said or practicing it in the public square. There's a wall separating you from me and my church, protecting me from your overreach and your arrogance. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.